This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Swindon Town. Hello, Ryan. Good morning, Rich. Thank you for joining me for a second time in the week. And I have to say, uh, we're on a good run of form at the moment, aren't we? Another, 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 well... Not correct score prediction, but a correct result prediction for myself, at least. I don't care, to be honest. Um, I'll keep saying draws, and if we get wins, that's something I'm happy to lose. But um, it was just a really, really good performance on Tuesday night. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I imagine you did too. Great performance. It was probably the most enjoyable game of the season to actually be at. It was a it was a strange one, wasn't it? Warsaw started where they had that good save from Wallacott, where uh, Shade cut him from the left wing and... And kind of forced that, say, we were a powerful shot and we were all a bit like, oh, you know, is this going to be one of those games whereby both teams score and it's going to be quite a tight match? I think that goal at the end of the second half really changed the tide, didn't it? And then then I don't know what happened. I spoke to Mickey Flynn after the game and he just seemed taken aback by the fact that Swindon came out in the second half, also had their heads down and it was just goal after goal after goal and 5-0 later, here we are. Yeah, it happens every now and again. And reasons why I enjoyed that win beyond it being just absolutely delightful to witness was the fact that the two three nils before were against terrible teams I know Walsall had their bad run but they just beat second and first in the league they were high on confidence they started the game high on confidence and then we absolutely mauled them so nobody could leave that game going oh yeah but it was just Walsall it was everything clicked didn't it it was um 
it was that type of performance whereby every single chance that Swindon got, bar Harry McCurdy blasting one into the Stratton Bank, every single chance seemed to seemed to end up in the back of the net. And it was lovely to see. It was it was fluid. It was I'm going to say it, Rich. It was sexy football for large parts of that game, especially in the second half. There was there was back heels that seemed to be coming off. It was Josh Davison setting up Ricky Aguilar for a shot when he's a striker, <laughs> and everyone was expecting to put it in the back of the net himself. But it all just seemed to come together, and I'm so delighted because it wasn't but a couple of games ago following that Trump victory, and people were calling for Bengana's head. Yeah, yeah, it seems quite funny now, but that's that's football, that's what happens, and part of the reasons behind why people are changing their opinions again is discussed in this pods. A little bit of jumping around, really, before we get into the game against Salford. Let's talk about Ghana's comments about Tuesday night. Final thoughts, what was said? I think really the main message from Ben Garner was just focusing on the fact that the players are, are in a really good place at this moment in time, following this last three victories. And why shouldn't they be? You know, that's 11 goals, three clean sheets, not one conceded. We've now scored more league goals than any other team since the turn of the year. And all these players are loving life at Swinton at the moment. They enjoyed the game post. They enjoyed the results, sorry, post-game Tuesday. Uh, but then, of course, there was that message that preparing for Salford starts now. Uh, that's in terms of training, nutrition, everything else. So no one went carried away and went out and had big, massive takeaways or going out on a drinking session. It was all very professional. They enjoyed the evening. They they maintained that balance, that consistent approach all season. And now it's about taking that into Saturday, Ben Garner said. But mentally wise, they're in a really, really good place. Yeah, and after the debacle at Tramier where we lost three goals, we've we've clawed them back immediately and then added eight more. So... The last three games have been huge for this season. And there was a question about those last three games, wasn't there? Yeah, there was a question about the three games. It was really just focusing on, again, I think kind of this. It was almost like there's been a renewed sense of optimism within the squad since that time. And and results like that can either go one way or the other. It can either go in terms of as Swindon threatened to do so, drop out of the playoffs and then end up going down to mid-table and your season's kind of over. Or you can go on this run of games after and pick yourself up and and go again. And Swindon seems to be doing that. Swindon seemed a team, I don't want to call it too early, Rich, but you always get this team that start to pick up really strong results and go on this little run that either gets them into the automatic spots or they're the team that win the playoffs. That's the confidence they've got. Bang on, his assessment is that they have now got this confidence. They, they seem to have this new determination to attack the remaining games. Uh, play with bravery and, and courage and swing and do that. I think you, you're seeing that a lot more now. That The play seems quicker to me, whether that's the system or the messages going out to the players. Um, it, it just seems a little bit more sharp, and, and especially in the attacking sense as well. Ben Garner said that the strength and the balance before Christmas is very different to now, uh, it's in, it's especially in terms of certain systems, certain way of playing, the relationships that have had to be built again. Because he said one change in the team can cause... Lots of different changes happen, let alone five or six. And, and they now seem to have, to have found that nice gel between each other. Salford on Saturday then. Let's go straight in with injuries. What have we got? Well, the one that everyone's probably listening in to hear about is, of course, Jack Payne. Bad news on that front. Jack Payne is still unavailable for Saturday's oh. fixture. Um, the latest from Ben Garner and the fitness squad at Swindon Town is this. He, he's still improving. He's still making good progress. Of course, that's the narrative that we've heard for a while now. Mm. This type of injury that he's actually got in terms of the timescale they originally gave Jack Payne, he is still ahead of that schedule. 
the problem that fan, people may have, which is why some fans might be getting frustrated, is that he was ahead of this schedule quite early. So if you're ahead of the schedule quite early, then, you know, towards the latter stages, you're going to think, OK, they're nearly ready, but then it can take a little bit longer regardless of if you're still ahead, if you get what I'm trying to say, Rich. Um, it is taking a bit longer. He was in a much better place yesterday. He has started to do a little bit of contract training. He's now going to be in a training session today where he's doing more contact training. Um, his mindset in terms of positivity and coming through the sessions recently has been brilliant. And next week he'll be in even more training, but it's just about getting him to a stage whereby he's happy with training the way he will play in a game and the movements that will be required from him in a game. And at the moment, he's not yet ready to fulfil all of those movements. So just being very careful. Other injuries, Dion Conroy is available. No fresh injuries following Tuesday night. Ben Gladwin is a grade two hamstring injury. Swindon so rehab that and get him back as soon as we can. But that doesn't sound positive for Ben Gladwin. A quick Google on grade two injuries suggests four to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. So given Gladwin's history and maybe the way Swindon manage, it's probably going to be maybe the eight weeks as opposed to the four? What do you think? Realistically, Rich, I think you won't expect to have Ben Gladwin back in full contact training until the end of March. Wow. Um, He's certainly going to be a miss. But of course, where one man drops out, another man prevails, and that man seems to be Ricky Aguilar at the moment. Certainly does. In in terms of Jack Payne, I get what you were saying there, and I get what Ben Garner's saying there, but his injury, if I'm I'm not mistaken, was on New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. And it's you know going to get to March before he plays again. Why didn't they just say he's out for a couple of months? Why didn't they just say that originally? He's out for a couple of months. If he was even if he was ahead of schedule, what I, what I would say is I think it, there's a fine balance between kind of saying okay he's out for this amount of time and then he comes back sooner, which many would say is the better situation. But then also Swindon could really have just expected that he would be back sooner. If you're ahead of schedule at the start, they, there was probably a bit of naivety in terms of thinking. Okay, Jack Payne's going to be fit back well sooner than we expected, and that's brilliant. And now he's at a stage where actually, no, he's not just yet. Um, and Swindon are having to kind of balance that. And and of course, the message is that he's nearly there, nearly there. Jack Payne, we were at, sorry, Ben Garner's actually asked this question about Jack Payne and where, how he's finding the recovery process. Um, ben Garner said, for any player when they were injured, there's frustration, but Jack is a top professional, he's still ahead of schedule. And more importantly, he understands his body and the importance of taking the time to get it right. So that that says to me that Jack Payne isn't really honestly frustrated at not playing. He's not really pushing himself too hard to to try and get back in terms of injuring himself. Because, of course, if he's an, he's an injury, he's a big injury to have to deal with. Uh, he's still a huge influence in the dressing room. And Jack Payne, we understand, is part of, kind of this leadership group at Swindon Town. And to have him out of these games is a, is a massive lost but the benefit is if Swindon are playing this well without him imagine how good he can be when when he comes back yeah and I suppose if they said yeah he's out for over two months at a time where lone players are getting recalled left right and center I imagine it would have caused a little bit of a flapping from the fan base ourselves included so fair enough Uh, something that's really emerging over the last few games is uh, the rise of Davison Mm -hmm. um, having replaced Tyree Simpson. So he was asked about the two. Go on. Well, it's a very interesting scenario, isn't it? I don't know if you've seen much on social media, but there's some fans saying, I think I actually prefer Josh Davison to Tyree Simpson. Um, What I would say is Tyree Simpson played nearly every game for Swindon Town. was our top goal scorer before he left. Josh Davison, no disrespect to him, but he's only gone to run a three good games against opposition that's 
in the bottom half of the table. Is that fair to say? Um, so it's a, a different scenario, but of course, Josh Davison has improved re- recently. Ben and I said they are very different players. I think that's clear for us all to see. Uh, Tyrese preferred to play in the front two. Obviously, he had that great partnership with Harry McCurdy. They really played off each other. As Josh Davison is a type of player that can play on his own, he gives Swindon that platform. So whereby when McCurdy and Simpson were up top, there, was, there seemed to sometimes be this slower build-up play through midfield. Now with Josh Davison up top, his movement is very good. He's great at holding the ball up. Uh, he's getting this run of games together now and, and Swindon a benefit from this. And and more importantly, he's never had this run of games at this type of level. So it's important for him to get that. And, and Swindon are very hopeful that he's going to be a big player between now and the end of the season. OK, let's talk about our opposition for the weekend. Salford City, a bit of history here because it's the first time we've ever played Salford at the county grounds. Uh, the last time we were scheduled to do so was during that COVID hit season and it never happened. Managed by Gary Boyer, we know all about him. I think looking at their squad list, they've got almost just as many owners as they do players. They don't have the <laughs> player-heavy squad. It's probably down to what they're paying them, cynically, I guess. But they've got plenty of decent players. But yet again, it's another Salford City season where everyone's expecting them to kick on. They're a bit like Forest Green Rovers mm-hmm. when, when they first emerged, where everyone expected them to really compete and they didn't do so. And eventually they'll get there. But it's not looking like this season. Plenty of players that people would have heard of. No, of course, Jordan Turnbull is up there. We know all about him. But they've got a couple of players who were prospects back in the day, like Matty Willock and Josh Morris, who was at Blackburn. Jason Lowe, who played plenty of times in the Premier League with Blackburn. And in the window, they bought Matt Smith, big towering centre forward too. And they've got experience in Ian Henderson, who just seems to get better with age. Well, Ben Garner's analysis of Salford City is is probably changed from what it was at the start of the season. Of course, Swindon went there and got that 1-0 win, didn't they? It was, it was very well kind of fought 1-0 win. It was a tough game and, and we've already seemed to enjoy a couple of tough games on the past few occasions. We've gone to Salford City. He feels there's been a big change in style um, with Bowyer's kind of approach to, to January in the January market. Of course, he brought players in. Matt Smith, you mentioned there, Rich, he's a massive player for them. He's this player with immense championship level experience at clubs such as QPR, Leeds, Millwall over a 10-year period. And now he's a great signing for them to have and, and one that Swindon will be a bit wary of a player there. Um, he gives them a focal point up top and... Swindon and now are having to be aware of that type of challenge and the risk that their new approach of style will play. Uh, they are looking up in the division. Of course, they're just outside those playoff spots at the moment of Salford City, resting in 11th place, but always pushing. They've been on a good run of form recently, unbeaten in their last three. And Ben Garner just feels that their new change in kind of focus and then influx of players that they've had Gives them a new style of play. They've got one of the best defensive records in the in the league since the turn of the year. And Swindon have to work to nullify their threats. Absolutely. The last three games, they are unbeaten. Uh, they have been getting their three points against struggling teams. So they beat Carlisle at home and they beat Leighton Orient away. I think Kenny Jackett pretty much lost his job <laughs> as a result mm-hmm. of um, that form. And they got a nil-nil draw at Sutton. You know, they are on the up. A little bit, but this is typical Salford this season. Win a few, lose a couple, win a few, lose a couple, repeat, 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 and they're due a loss. So hopefully it will be um, against Swindon. I know this is not very Ben Garnery over the season, but again, you're not changing that side, are you? 
no, if I don't think there'll be any changes, I'd be very surprised. How can you? You you've yeah. kept this team that's won five nil clean sheets in the past three, eleven goals scored. Been very very few minor changes. Again, the only possibility that I would say Rich is Ellis Iandolo out and Johnny Williams maybe starts in his position. He's in the form of his life. Ah, I can't. I mean, look for me personally. <laughs> Ellis, Ellis has been playing well, can't can't doubt that. But I also think on Tuesday night, a 5-0 win can sometimes cover up cracks. Okay, um, despite, go on. Despite, you know, I don't know if you read my player ratings after the game. He has played well. He, he's made some good forward passes at times, but he doesn't seem to understand that position well enough compared to some other players. I still don't think, you know, in terms of being a midfielder, he's got that decision-making at times to find the pass or, or to kind of protect the ball and I, I sometimes worry that he's just being used in that area because of his I'm sure it's not but because of his pace and and because he does provide very very good whips just not sure if he against some better opposition like Salford he might get exposed a bit Rich let, let me know what you think but I think possibly the only change would be Williams in and, and Diane Delo out okay I hear that in terms of his performance against Walsall he was quieter but that doesn't mean he was doo-doo. <laughs> you know, he, no, he, no, was, no. he was, he was quieter. There were no, I don't think there was any, you know, there were no performances against Walsall where it was like, oh, no. nice place pass. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, if anything, McCurdy's finishing was probably <laughs> the oh, yeah. only yeah, yeah. sort of uh, poor thing from the uh, the game. But that's, you know, that's not a crime I just think either. Was, I just think there was moments whereby Ellis could perhaps take the dribble on more and, and try to, tried to go through the middle a little bit more instead of just bombing it down the wing. And also at times where there was, I was watching it and I thought, okay, yes, you can play that pass out now. And it was almost just a little bit too slow. And I think where if you have Williams in that position, you might be able to do that. Don't get me wrong, Ellis has been playing brilliantly <laughs> lately. I'm not sat here on the Ellis Art Brigade saying get him out of the starting lineup. I'm just saying perhaps Johnny Williams might be better suited at times to that role. Fair enough. Okay, there's not that much more questioning there's still a good few questions to go but not much on Salford's a couple bits on the season itself playoff positions Gunnar was asked I mean the automatics are still very much in touch but we're talking playoffs we are talking playoffs just because that's where Swindon currently occupy uh it's great like you said we are near the top of the table still um in terms of those automatic spots we're just four points behind Tranmere got a game in hand on Tranmere of course the main threat I think we'll all agree is Exeter with two games in hand on us, three games in hand on Tranmere. So who knows where they could end up, only three points behind them, what automatic spots. And it's really interesting to hear because if we throw back to the start of the season, season, Swindon were this team, as we all know, with a very few players in the summer. A new owner came in. We had a very tight time period to get a team put together and favourites to go down. We were we, Everyone was saying, OK, Swindon are getting relegated. You look at the book, better odds we were. And Ben Garner's job was to keep this team up. He's now done that job. Given our points, we are now secured safety in this league. And for Ben Garner, in some ways, he said that his remit that remit is done. So that's job done in terms of keeping Swindon up. And now we can enjoy the rest of the running. Uh, that's a credit to everyone at the football club. There's a real togetherness behind the scenes. And, and he said that's really important if you want to build something special at a football club. 
And now once now we've secured safety, it doesn't mean the foot's going to be taken off the gas pedal anytime soon, but it just means Swindon have that little <laughs> bit of pressure off their back a bit. I'm sorry, but what, what what's going on here? We're talking about celebrating that we're we're surviving. Um, and we're we're taking, <laughs> and we're just going to enjoy ourselves for no, the rest I, of the season. I, I get what he's saying. I get what he's saying. Look, look there's always going to be cynics such as Rich in this world, whereby they don't, you know, maybe not agree what he said. I don't think he means it in that way. I don't think he's saying, "Oh, we've done it." Like, you know, cool. Like we're there. It was very much just the recognition that you have done it. You are now. You are safe, and that was the aim at the start of the season. If you, if if you, if we spoke at the start of the season, Rich, and we said. We get safe this season. We don't go down. We we both were happy, but obviously that narrative's now changed. Yeah, thirty-two games have been played out for Swindon since then, and as you say, the narrative changes quite often. But it was quite clear from very early on that Swindon weren't going to be in the in the mire. I don't think. You know, we have our standards, and which is why some uh, fans were calling for Bengana to be to be canned. Um, and that is inevitable. You know, there was never going to be, as I've said a million times before, there was never going to be a 46-game season where everyone goes, just guys, just be grateful, yeah? Just be grateful of where we are. (laughs) But now we are staring at the possibility of automatic promotion if we want it, and frankly, if if that performance against Walsall is is them just relaxing, then League Two better beware for the final fourteen games of the season because we're going to give them hell, which is great. It is great, and Swindon seem like like I said earlier, they they seem to click. They seem to be in my eyes the most dangerous team in this division at the moment. It was funny. I was sat next to the Warsaw, um, some of the Warsaw journalists, and also the Warsaw media team. Uh, on Tuesday evening, and they were sat there saying how Swindon are, are are a really impressive team. They've got so much talent in this squad. They've got, and this was before we even got to five, Rich. Uh, so they were saying how how much talent that attacking line has, and and when you sit down, and you write the name down on the names of certain players down on paper. There is a hell of a lot of great potential in there, and also well established talent in that squad as well. So. You know, throwing back to my article previous in the season, I said the playoffs are the least that Swindon Town should expect at this point, and I think it's the least we'll get. Okay. I, I often wonder what opposition fans and journalists who cover opposition clubs think when they look through the Swindon squad list. Because when I see it, I look at players like, wow, you know, we got Payne, we got Reed, mm. you know, we got we got player, we got Williams, who, you know, although he hasn't been integral to our season, he's he's the biggest name in our squad because of his career so far and I often wonder if that is reflected from other fans do they look at us going and go wow what, what, what they got them or they just like apparently got someone called Louis Barry I don't know apparently he's good <laughs> like the way we look at teams where we don't acknowledge their their big hitters but yeah it, it's an impressive squad list Swindon have got this year but what's the point if we're not going to be going up or at least giving it our best best try and I think they're absolutely doing that but you know what these presses are like they want to be guarded they don't want to be carried away they don't want to sound like Kevin Keegan in the mid 90s <laughs> going I'd love it if we beat them and that coming back to uh haunt them I understand it sometimes I do want to go sometimes I do want to hear Ghana go no we're really up for this and we're going to we're going to go and we're, we're, we've got promotion on our sites and we're going to fight we're not going to take it for granted but we're going to go for it and Really, because I do think, as it was discussed in the previous pod, I do think this squad, this side, do react to atmosphere. They do get riled up by by things, and that sort of motivation 
I think would really, really support support this squad. But they might do that behind the scenes. So, and they probably do because it's all very quiet behind the scenes. We don't know what they do, um, really, do we? So, yeah, I, I, I get it. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting how they've played it this year. But all I care about is town winning. And if it's it's all working at the moment, so you know, onwards and upwards. Mm-hmm. Onwards and upwards. I don't know. I say you summed it up perfectly, Rich. Um, I don't think I did, but I know it, you did. <laughs> we got there in the end. <laughs> we got exactly. We got, <laughs> we got there in the end. Um, as is a constant when we can't make tra- transfers, we're either a talking about loan players joining full-time, which wasn't discussed, which is great. But the other one is, of course, contract extensions. And I was staring into the middle distance during work a day or two ago, just thinking of how well, how exciting our future, our immediate future could be if we can just tie down three or four more players from this squad for more than just this season. And it is a fair question to ask right now. And given the embargo, I think we're within our right to know where we're at with that. And where are we? There's not much to update on, if if I'm being Mm. honest, Rich. Uh, Ongoing all the time, discussions between players, Ben Garner and Ben Chorley. Uh, It is made more complicated by the embargo, but the message is is, is that all all being well, Swindon will be out at that end of the season. And there seems to be a narrative of, look, Either sign your contract now or, or just trust us and let us get to the end of the season and, and then we'll have a chat now. But trust the fact that we're doing well. Trust the fact that we can get promoted and, and trust the fact that Swindon are a club on the up. I hope there's going to be a day nearer to the end of the season where they just announce sort of like Jojo, Reed, Williams, Hunt, you know, just <laughs> all in one magical boost. But of course, if we fail to go up, people will be like, oh, why are we signing up for this? <laughs> I'm sure there'll be a. I, I, I'm quite confident that some players will sign that Swindon don't expect to. So okay, 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 okay. Right, shall we get to your questions? Let's go for it. Really, just on Salford, their team looking at the playoffs. They they've kind of been this team of seeking promotion in the last few seasons. Do you think they've maybe been taken aback about how difficult it is to actually get out of League Two, regardless of if you've got pockets full of cash? Possibly, uh, only they will be able to answer that question. I think, um, w- without doubt, it's a tough division. You know, every game is is difficult. You know, you have to do very well to win. You know, the amount of effort that goes into winning each game is is very high. So, um, yeah, but from their perspective, I can't I can't answer that. All I can say is, from our perspective, every game's a challenge. Every game is difficult. Um, obviously, the more more budget you have, bigger the budget you have, the more financial backing. Like if, if you said to me, you've got more money, I would expect to do better than uh, as the money goes up, I would expect to do better. Um, but that's just from our perspective. And a quick look on your team. There, there just seem to have been a formation change to more of a 4-3-3, what it looks like when we're kind of watching the game progress. Is um is that a fair analysis that you have changed? You, you kind of shook things up to accommodate more of your attacking players in different positions? Yeah, I mean, we've got to change shape in the last last three games, but we, we've done that throughout the season. You know, we started the season playing a back four. Uh, we adjusted to suit the players that we had in the building at the time. Um, and we've adjusted now to suit the players that we've got without going away um, from the style and, and the way we're looking to play. And um, it's just a dynamic of the team changes. Um, individuals change the dynamic of your team. So, 
with just trying to find a way that we think best suits us to win games, uh, allows us to be as competitive as possible and, and gets the best out of the players. And finally, just kind of on, well, a little bit on Ricky Aguilar, um, in terms of you used him at Chippenham in this loan system. Chippenham seemed to really be this almost like your academy development type of squad where you can send players to develop it. You know, how how is the relationship there? And, and are you a little bit taken aback about how well they are developing some of your players? Um, no, not really, because we've seen it on a, on a daily basis. Um, I think those of us that have seen Ricky grow daily, um, it, it doesn't come as much of a surprise where where he, ha- he hasn't been in the team and then he comes in and it looks like this huge transformation. That's been an ongoing process and it's a testament to his hard work and dedication to, to improving. Um, the loans at Chippenham work very, very well. We've got good relationship there, both Harry and um, and Ricky. We've got Harrison Minton doing very well there at the moment. Um, and, and Mo Darbre is going to go there uh, today, ready to play for them tomorrow as well. So um, it's great experience. It's a good level. Um, we know they're well looked after there. Um, and as I've said before, the beauty of it, they still train with us and get the development that we want on the on the coaching side of things. So, um, yeah, it's been really beneficial and something that has certainly helped us this season. Thank you. Good luck tomorrow, Ben. See you then. Why are you so obsessed with Salford's financial backing? Get over it. It's, it's not obsession. It's the fact that they have, they are so rich. They, they've, of course, got the millions of the Class 92 and then the multi-millions of, of their foreign backer as well. So they are a very rich team, but they seem to find it difficult, don't they? And they've they've been trying to. I think they came in with the expectation that we've got money, we can buy our way through in terms of be the lower league Manchester City. Um, but it's very tough division. Spain Gomez, as you heard, every game is difficult. He, he he didn't go into depth about you know what they think because of course he, he can't answer that. But what he did say is, as you heard it, the bigger the budget, the more financial backing you'd get. I'd expect to do better. If you said to me, here's more money. And I'd expect to do better in the league. But for Salford, it's not quite worked that way. just think they need to spread it evenly across their squad. They, they're just obsessed with getting like marquee players. But if they just spend their money across positions, then they might have a little bit more success. But they're all about that impact signing that will make them... I mean, look at their attendances. They're lousy. They got less than 2,000 on a Saturday this season, which is just not acceptable really given the catchment area they have and of course they're fighting with some big hitters um in in that region but come on you're never going to never going to prosper i mean forest green for all of their faults they they get it in terms of squad i think building they they understand that they've, they've got to do it across the positions i just don't think Salford do that I mean, they, they could beat us 2-0 tomorrow and that that doesn't stop me from having that opinion it just always seems to be like get that player in you know and i think bradford have done that to a degree by appointing mark hughes this week you know they've they've, they've tried several sort of uh not low-key but names that don't excite and now they've brought in somebody who hasn't managed for four years but what a big name what a career, but is it the right choice? And something that I think Swindon have done recently is they've not been not bullied, but they've not been like, let's go for a Decanio. Let's, no, they went with Ben Garner because it was the right thing for what they were going for. And um, Salford just need to realise that, then come on, it's sensible scouting. It, it doesn't seem hard. They've got the money. So I know they, they've, they've restricted the money and they've also got the experience of having some of the best professionals that have ever played the game behind them as well. 
So you'd have imagined that between them all, they could have found this winning formula. Nobody's bothered about them either. Nobody's going into the Salford game going, oh, I really want to beat Salford because they had a documentary. Nobody gives a damn. Here we are talking about them. So obviously that's what they'll highlight. But there's there's no like fanfare. Nobody cares about Salford City. You know, I don't think they do, do they? And no, Nobody gives... Damn that's what we'll title this podcast episode. Never mind the pressure, we'll just call it Nobody Cares About Salford City. <laughs> Again, another another thing that sounds like a half man, half biscuit song. You know, nobody cares about Salford City. That 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 would I'd listen to that. Okay, we'll move on. Um shall we talk about plan B? Oh, I mean four free free. Uh, <laughs> it's such a tire tiring conversation, isn't it? But the last three games, it's been clear that the change of formation has changed our fortunes. Also, maybe a change of squad (laughs) players as well, because we've had to um, adjust to the players that left and the players that come in. What were you looking for here? Just a bit more of an in-depth analysis from why we've changed and why Bengala thinks it's worked. Of course, Swindon have changed this formation ever since the Tranmere game with the new players that have come through seeming to be more suited to it. Ben Garner's assessment, as you heard, is that you know we're not afraid to change formation. We started the season back four, then went to a five, now back to a four with with the three midfield and the three up top. But it's the dynamic of the team changes, and and, and that's because it, it individuals change the way that you want to play. Of course, Swindon had such a big influx and outflux of individuals over the over the winter period that it was always going to take probably a little bit of time to see whether the players that arrived could settle into this five three two or or whether they need a new formation. And they seem to be really well suited to this 4-3-3 and, and long may it continue. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, well, your final question was about Ghana and his relationship with Chippenham Town. Mm. But in all fairness, we've really, really benefited from sending players to Hard Newish Park this season. And really, they, they've benefited from Town providing pretty much all of our best fringe players that needed time out on loan. So they've had Ricky Agua, they've had Harry Parsons, they've got Harrison Minton, and now Mo Dabre um, is is going over there. And I'd be really interested to see how he fares because out of the four, I think Mo is the one that's maybe looked a little, not out of place, but maybe struggled a little bit more than others this season. Debut goal against Arsenal in 21s aside, dreamland for him, um, despite the way it went in. And this is this is going to be a huge moment for him, really. Regular football at a decent level. And the level has to be why Ghana chooses to send his players to Chippenham because they haven't got a great pitch. Um, but they do have the advantage of playing some really decent non-league sides. So that's it, isn't it? It's about the level. It is. It's also the level, but also, as you heard from Ben Garner Garner there, it's the fact that Swindon have this real element of trust with with Chippenham now. They know that they're going to look after Swindon's players. They're not going to be going there and uh, kind of just running them ragged ridiculously because they 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 want a talented player to come in and do well for them. There's, There's this really good understanding. Of course, the benefit for Swindon is that the players still train at Swindon. So even though they're playing at um, hard newish, they actually are training at Swindon every day of the week and then they go there ready to play. And I think if you maybe had that deal with other clubs, they might not have been as keen to do that. Uh, Chippenham had Ricky and Harry, Ricky Aguar and Harry Parsons, as you mentioned. Of course, look at Ricky Aguar now. Um, 
seems to have been in this team all season, doesn't he? The way he slotted in. Harrison Minton, you mentioned men, Harrison Minton, you mentioned there, is doing very well at the moment. And of course, Mo Dabra is going there ready to play for them tomorrow. That was what Bengana revealed this morning. The, the thing with Mo Dabra, Richard, I'd agree with you, but perhaps he's the one out of the four that you look at and say, oh, okay, how is this going to go? But what I would say is for him, it's all new. He, he's never really been in turn into a uh, professional football setup or even a semi professional setup to that extent, given where he came from. But one thing that you always hear about Mo Dabra is that he's, he's really kind of eager to learn type of player. And, I, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm sure he'll do really well there. Okay, then. So before we go, predictions. They don't concede many, do they? But I'm still going to go for 2-1 Swindon Town. Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to match you this week, Rich. 2-1 as well. And there's no shame in matching. You know, we can be wrong together <laughs> this week. Ryan, thank you as always. A pleasure. Thank you very much, Rich. Pleasure as always. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of The Presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18+. plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.